your family tonight and all tomorrow, if, if you're at all possible, if you're at all able to do that, do that. Amen. Exodus chapter 32. Read along with me, starting with verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together Aaron. Aaron, by the way, is Moses' brother. He's his right hand. He's like the assistant pastor, the associate pastor, the executive pastor. They gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods, little g, notice, gods, that shall go before us. And as for this Moses, <laughs> the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters. I see they had a problem here way back then too with the sons wearing earrings in their ears. Bring them to me, he said. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and they brought them to Aaron. He received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and he molded a calf. Then they said, this is your God, little g again, notice, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when, when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early on the next day. They offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and then they rose up to play. Meanwhile, <laughs> up in the mountains, verse number 7, the Lord speaks to Moses, and he says, Moses, go and get down off of this mountain. For your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it. And they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Father, we thank you for already all that you have done in this sanctuary. As we have lifted our voices in gratitude and thanksgiving, you have flooded this house with your presence, with your power, with your love and care for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for hearing us and answering us, Lord. Wow, where would we be without you? And now to think that you have more for us. As we quiet ourselves, we still our hearts, we open our ears and open our hearts. May we hear what you would say. And may the words that you speak be life-changing. Transform us by the power of your word today. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. Come on, if you want to be transformed by his word, just say amen. 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 I want to speak to you just for a few minutes this morning about a nation in need. 
a nation chosen by God. We sing, God bless America. And I don't know about you, but something was strummed in me. I'm a patriot. Again, I love this country. I think it's, it is the best country we could ever, ever ask to live in. And that is not to diminish or, or uh, demean any other country. We have a vast array of, of other countries that are represented in this house. So don't misunderstand my words. I hope that you have the same uh, patriotic feeling in you for your native land, for your country of origin. I've never known anything but the great United States of America. I bring good news to you today. God loves America. And He longs to bless America. Now, America isn't so special that she is the only nation that God loves. God loves Nigeria. Do I have any Nigerian believers here today? Come on, Nigerian believers. Give out a shout here today. Oh, yes, I thought so. God loves the Philippines. Do I have any Filipino believers here today that might give out a shout? Oh, oh. God loves the Latin nations. I don't think I have any Hispanics here today, so we'll just, we'll just move on. Y'all could have done better than that. I set it up so well for you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble because I'm going to miss so many, so many nations and so many people groups. God loves the African-American. Do I have any African-Americans here today? They're so soft-spoken that I have to really kind of encourage them in their worship. God loves the Indian. Do I have any Indian believers here today? I don't know. Up in the balcony. God loves the Caucasian. God loves every people group. Yes, He does. And I love, I love the tapestry of people. Look around. Just look around. Glance around this room. You see a tapestry of people. You see every, every shade of skin here. Every nationality almost is represented in this room. I love that because you know what? I believe heaven is going to look like this. Let me say something right here that is not in my notes whatsoever and has really nothing to do with the sermon that I'm about to preach, but I feel God wants to hear, let somebody hear this today. There's no room for racism in the day in which we live in right now. There's no room for it, and we have to draw a line and say enough is enough, and we're not going to have that anymore. I'm not going to have it anymore. That's right. Somebody has to draw a line and say, you're my brother, whether you have black skin or brown skin or yellow skin or whatever. And I know that wasn't very politically correct right there. But I don't care about being politically correct, folks. I care about being biblically correct. Somebody say amen. God loves the nations of the world. And he longs to be a part of these nations. 
nations in the Middle East who have so turned their back on our God, serving another God, promoting another God. But God still loves the Islamic nations. They're not just in the Middle East, by the way. Countries in Europe will soon be overtaken by the Islamic people just by simple birth. Simple numbers, they will overtake the nations. France is almost already an Islamic nation just by simple, simple birth. The French believe in one child per home, basically. The Muslims believe in 12 or more. You do the math. Won't take very many generations and they've just simply, without raising a sword, overtaken. God loves the nations, but sometimes the nations, they get in trouble. I thank God for the freedom here in the great United States of America. God has been faithful to us, even in the early years of our forming days, our founding days, and our founding fathers. God was with us. Fifty-some-odd signers of the Declaration of Independence, the vast majority of them were believers in Christ. They were Christian in some denomination or other. He guided our struggling founders. His leading and His guidance helped us to form a land of religious freedom and liberty. God was also at work in the nation that we're going to reference here today, the nation of Israel. He delivered them from Egypt. He caused them to be a nation that would give His word to a dying and hurting world. So God speaks to the deliverer, the man that He chose to be the one who would deliver the people. He spoke to Moses And he said, come away with me. I have something that I'm going to say to you. I have something that I'm going to give to my people. Moses is called away so that God could give him commandments, directions for living. He gave him the law. They're called the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, still apply to us today. They've not gone out of fashion. They're not uh, old-fashioned. They apply to us today, and they're, they're commandments that we ought to live by right now. Moses is up on Sinai, Mount Sinai. He's hearing from God, God speaking to him. He's saying, I need a pen and paper here. Well, I'll just take this tablet here, and God, go ahead and use your finger as the pen. God scribbles into the stone his law, the tablets, from God, the Ten Commandments. But what happens? I don't know exactly how many days Moses is gone, but he's gone long enough that the people begin to get a little bit impatient. Anybody ever get impatient? You don't even have to raise your hand. I already know. Because it's how we're made. We all get impatient. You can't even drive through Taco Bell and wish they'd hurry up on the tacos. 
I'm so hungry. Well, see, thank you. You know I'm telling the truth today. We're so impatient. Always in a hurry, always wanting whatever we want right now or sooner. Tapping our foot at the microwave, wanting the popcorn to pop sooner. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I don't know how long Moses was gone, but the people became impatient. They were impatient, and their impatience triggered something else. Anybody want to guess what their impatience triggered? Let me see if you know where I'm going. Anybody? No wrong answer here. Well, sin, ultimately, yes. But what form did it take? Complaining first. It got to idolatry, yes. But their impatience led to grumbling and complaining. See, and it triggered to idolatry. The bigger picture is sin, yeah. It caused them ultimately to form and shape their own God. Can you imagine? This story is very familiar to us. It's the story of the, the golden calf, the graven image. It's God's people taking matters into their own hands. This, to me, is a story of a nation in need. Let me tell you what they really needed. In my opinion, they first of all needed to remember their past. They would have done well if they would have just started right here, remembering their past. Let me reread verse number one for you this morning. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together. They got a little clique together. They got a little band of people that were going to talk the same way and all, all complain the same way. Now, that's just my interpretation of what I read right there. They went to Aaron and they said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. We don't know what has become of him. Now, before we, we slam the people too hard, now they're at fault, believe me. But I want to just show you something here that I saw. They were actually, initially, their intent was right. They still longed to pray to God, but they took matters into their own hands and they ended up messing things up. They still knew we've got to have God to lead us. Moses happened to be that voice. Aaron should have been the one right there to just distill all of the fear, let everybody know everything is going to be all right. Don't get anxious. Don't get worried. Just because Moses is gone, God is still God. God is still on the throne. God is still going to meet us. God is still going to lead us. Don't get worried, everybody. And they just go back to their tents. What's he do? Well, he was worrying himself. I wonder if God just took Moses. I wonder if, if Moses broke his leg on the way up the... Who knows what Aaron might have been thinking, but he was worried himself. So the people convinced him. They needed just to take a moment and say, now remember in the past. Remember all the difficulty that we had days gone by and how God met us, how God helped us, how God supplied for us, how God answered our prayers when we prayed. Exodus chapter 3, 
gives us a glimpse of some of the difficulty that they had in their past. Uh, look at verse number 7, for instance. The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cries because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. Aren't you thankful today that God knows our sorrow? So God says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And hopefully there are no termites there, but anyway. <laughs> I'm just thankful I said all those ites properly. They needed just to take a moment, slow down, just relax a minute and think back. Anybody in this room ever had some difficult days? Anybody ever had a hard time that you had to go through? Well, when the hard time comes again, you would do well to just reflect and remember because if God saw you through then, don't you think that he'll see you through now? What God did in the past, he's still able to do for you right now. They'd been slaves. They had cruel taskmasters. Their sons were drowned at birth. Pharaoh got wind that there was a deliverer that was going to be coming. Prophets foretold and spoke. And so he thinks, I'll eliminate that. I'll go in and I'll just slaughter all the boys that are two years old and under and I'll just take care of that. But aren't you thankful that God has a way beyond what we know? God had a way of hiding his promised deliverer for his people. And Moses was hid in the, in the river. And of course, you know that story. We learned it in Sunday school. He was found and actually raised in Pharaoh's home. How funny is God? How good is God? I mean, think about that. Not only is God going to preserve this child to be raised and, and become the deliverer of, of, of his people, he's going to have the enemy fit the bill, fund the bill for it. Hallelujah. That's just how God is. He makes me laugh sometimes. They needed to remember that they cried out to God for his help and for his mercy and for his deliverance and that God, God heard them. I would say today, America would do well to slow down and look back. America needs to reflect and remember her past. I mean, think about it. Just to have the courage to declare her independence against this powerful, powerful nation, the British Army, so strong and a well-oiled machine, certainly capable of overtaking our little band of brothers, fathers and sons, brothers, farmers, hard workers, just coming together and getting your musket. And let's fight for our freedom. Wow. The military odds certainly were against this nation in declaring her independence. Freedom seemed impossible to some, but God. I'm reminded of the picture of George Washington praying at Valley Forge. 
and independent and free nation is born. Remembering our past, that was their greatest need, and I believe for America it's one of our greatest needs. We just need to remember our past. If we'll remember our past, we'll also remember God's provision. Israel needed to remember that it was God and God only. It was God and God alone that was able to provide for them. Look at verse number 4 of our text this morning. And he received the gold from their hands, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool, and molded a calf. And then they said, This is your God, this little golden calf, O Israel. And he has brought you out of the land of Egypt. How quickly we forget. How quickly we fail to remember. If we fail to remember our past, we'll fail to remember God's provision for us. Don't ever forget how God has provided. I think of the time that we were at Bible College, Rick, Beth, and for whatever reason, we didn't have a lot of money. Maybe because we were, well, college students. <laughs> a lot of college students, they just don't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of money. We were working hard to put ourselves through college. And it was, I think it was around Thanksgiving time, but somebody dropped off a whole big box full of groceries for us. I'll just never forget it as long as I live. How God in his perfect time, with his perfect vision, saw the three of us hungry and was able to show to us, I'm able to provide for you. God provided for his people. He provided a deliverer for them. Back to Exodus chapter 3. Look at these verses up on the screen. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why does the bush, why the bush does not burn? So when the, the, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. What a miracle that God was able to provide for someone who was... He provided for his people through a man who was running, a man who was trying to hide, a man with a past, a man with a not-so-nice history. Oh, that brings me some comfort today to know that God can use anybody, even if we have a little bit of a past, even if we have a little bit of a history behind us, God is still able to love us and use us for His, His glory and to build His kingdom. Is anybody else happy about that today? Isn't that exciting news? Here's Moses trying to get out in the desert and get away from people and get away, really, even from God, I think. He'd messed up. God speaks to him. Finally, Moses just relaxes and he says, here I am. I like what God said in verse number 8 of chapter 3. Can you, do we have that? Can you bring that up? God said, I have come down to deliver them 
out of the hand of Egypt. I found this interesting because the way that God said, I'm going to deliver them was through Moses. I have come down so that I can deliver them. But he used a person. He used somebody with, a, with failure. He used somebody with a past. I think God is saying the same thing to us today. I've come down to America to deliver America, but he's looking for someone like Moses who will just say, I'm here, here I am. I'm available, I would like you to use me. Just like you are. Moses couldn't even talk properly. Moses had a speech impediment. He stammered and stuttered. He could not just flow with his words. I, I stumble over my words all the time. I, I, I get hung up on, on, on what I want to say. And I could easily let that be, uh, see, I can't think of the word I want to say right now. I could easily let that be a stumbling block for me and say, God, you've got to use somebody else because there's somebody more talented and there's somebody that can just carry this mail better than me. And there is. There is and there always will be. That's not the issue. That's not the point. If there's somebody better, there is somebody better. There is somebody more talented. There is somebody more capable than me or you. But are we just willing to say, God, if you can use me just like I am, even though I stammer, even though I stumble, even though I stutter, God, I'm here and I am available and I want to make a difference in a nation. That's what he's looking for. That's what I believe. I believe that's what God's looking for. I've come down so that I can deliver my people. We want to run and say, that's too big of a job. I don't have the skill set. He knows all that. He created us. They needed to remember God provided a deliverer. They needed to remember the plagues that were brought. Oh, you need to hear this right here. We don't like the plague part of life. We don't like the hardship that comes. But it was in the plagues that God was able to move on the heart of Pharaoh and ultimately through the difficult plagues, the deliverance came. It's like birth pains. Uh, Jamie, I don't want to scare you, but in just a few weeks, sis, you're going to have some birth pains. That's not the fun part. Moses is just going to sit over here on the side and you need to make sure you've got some distance because when she grabs, buddy, she may not let go. You'll have a scar on your arm for the rest of your life. Just let her know, I'm still in the room, honey. I'm still here. But it's kind of like birth pains. You've got to go through the painful part to get to the deliverance part, right? Then you're going to deliver little Isabella. By the way, I'm still praying for Isabella every day. And it was, it was that when I would pray, I would see her in God's, it was just one hand. Then I saw him cupping her in two hands. Now I saw him holding her like this. The last few times I prayed for her, he's kind of holding her like this. I love it. Birth pains aren't fun. All the mothers in the room say amen. amen. Now I never had any, but I'm just telling you that's no fun. But without the birth pains, you can't get to the deliverance part. You can't get to the fruit. You can't get to the child. The plagues, if they would just remember, 
All that was part of God's plan. The Passover, the blood on the, on the doorpost. God was the provider, not some golden calf that they fashioned. If they would just take time to reflect and remember God's provision in the enemy breathing down on their neck, and here's a, a sea of water, a, a wall of water, uh, impassable, unable to pass. What, what does God say? P cross it anyway. Moses steps into the water and the sea parts. Moses puts his rod into the, the water, the sea parts, and they're able to walk on dry land. A calf didn't do this. A golden image didn't do this. They're saying, this is the God that delivered us out of, out of Egypt, out of bondage. Almighty I am God did that. And they needed to remember God's provision. They need to remember the, the cloud, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They needed to remember God providing food for the belly, letting angels' food fall from heaven. Manna was provided for them. Quail was provided for them. Water came from a rock and, and quenched their thirsty palate. They needed to remember this. America also would do well in remembering God's great provision for her. God gave us victory in the Revolutionary War. God preserved the union of states during the Civil War. We should have splintered and, and been out of faction. But God, remember the beautiful harvest, the prosperity through the years, how God has protected us and His abundant blessings on this great land. One more thing that would have helped the great nation of Israel, and I believe will help, America, if we will just remember God's purpose. Moses took his tent, verse 7, pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. And so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a place that God desired to meet His people. What was God's purpose for Israel? His purpose was that Israel would actually be God's people. He wanted a nation that he could say, that's my nation. That's my people. I've chosen them. I've selected them. I've called them. I've delivered them. I've provided for them. They're my people. I love them and they love me. Exodus chapter 6 and verse number 7, he said, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Wow. Pretty powerful. Their purpose was to be a witness to other nations. How are you able to live in drought? 
How are you able to live in poverty? A witness to other nations. Their purpose also was to give His Word to the world. I hold in my hands, you have on your lap, many of you, the most powerful book ever written. It is the Word of God. It is alive and active and able to change hearts, change minds. God wants someone who will carry it. God wants someone who will proclaim it and tell it. He wanted His people to be that agent, to give His Word to the world. Their, their purpose also was to receive the land which was promised them, Exodus 6, 8. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am the Lord. Part of the purpose was just to simply receive from God that which He wanted to give to them. He promised them a land. A land that was bountiful. A land that was fruitful. A land flowing with milk and honey. His purpose was that they would inherit that. They would receive that. His purpose wasn't that they would wander in the desert for 40 years, grumbling and complaining about the heat and about their stomachs growling and about how thirsty they were. How many believe that God has a purpose for America? I trust that you have not just thrown in the towel altogether. I trust that you are not waving the flag of surrender just yet. I hope that deep down inside of you, you know that God still has a purpose for this great land. Amen. The home of what? The free and the brave, yes. I believe that God yet has a purpose for America. I believe part of the purpose for America is to be a place where people could come and worship in freedom. But sadly, along the way, we've confused what that means. And instead of worshiping the only God, we've decided that we can worship several gods or any god, little g, just like they did. They fashioned their own god. And they begin to worship. They're going to call a, a, a feast and a, 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 a day proclaimed to their God. This is exactly like America today. Millions of people gather weekly, daily, worshiping their version of a God. The purpose of America is to come and, and find a place of freedom to worship the only living God. Not many gods. The only living God. Jehovah God, the great I Am. I believe part of our purpose was and still is today to be a nation that would send missionaries around the world to let other people know that what you've been doing isn't, isn't working and we have the answer. We have the truth. And the truth will set you free. I believe strongly that part of the purpose of America is to be a friend to God's chosen nation, the nation of Israel. Now, I don't know if you believe that or not, 
But I believe if you look throughout the Word of God, you'll find that this is God's chosen nation still today. Whether Israel does right or not, it's God's chosen nation. And I believe America is to befriend Israel and stand beside her when others will not. And if we will be a friend to Israel, I believe God will be a friend to us. And I believe that God will bless us. When we remember, folks, it simply brings us back to the basics, back to what really matters. We can recall God at work in our lives, seeing us through the difficult days, hearing and answering us, providing as only He can. We'll also, if we remember, we will recall our commitments to God. You'll recall the day, perhaps, that you first surrendered to Christ. You may recall the day that you pledged to work for the Lord in some manner. It's good to take the time to remember. Don't ever forget this, folks, and I want you to see this scripture. John chapter 8, verse number 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth, ladies and gentlemen, is found in this book. It's found in the Word of God, and it's also found in the Savior. Because Jesus said in just four more verses, If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I say it's time for America to get back to the basics. I would like, ushers, if you would just pull these altars to the sides for me. I'm going to call everyone to the front this morning. And our concluding prayer will be a prayer for this great land, America. Praying that God would have mercy. And yes, praying that God would bless. But also asking God, could you use me in some way? Knowing that He knows our frailty and our inability. (laughs) Would you stand all over this room? Let me invite you to come now as Pastor Moses leads us in this chorus. And we're going to pray and ask God to bless America. all the way to the front if you will so we can have room for everyone come on press up close to somebody everybody use your deodorant this morning come on we're all family here I want everybody up here fall down like rain pour out your spirit on us 
God, pour out your spirit on this great land. Pour out your spirit on America, God. Sin revival fire to America, God. Come on, everybody. I want us to pray for the United States of America. I want us to agree, asking God to bless and pour out his spirit. Take somebody by the hand. They're close to you. Let's pray for this great land of liberty. Oh, God. Oh, God. We need you, Lord. You've been so good to us, Lord, in past. You've helped us, God. You helped us to found and form this great land of freedom, a place that we could come, God, and without fear of persecution, worship the only living God, Jehovah God, the great I am. But somewhere along the line, God, we thought that we knew better. We, we had a knee-jerk reaction somewhere along the line. And we've taken matters into our own hands, God. We've crafted and formed our own version of what God is. God, we repent on behalf of the United States of America. We repent, Lord, and we pray that you would have mercy on us. Forgive us, God, of our sins. Come on, let's all just repent right now. Let's ask God to have mercy on this land. Have mercy on the cities, God. Have mercy on the government officials, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for our waywardness, Lord. Forgive, forgive us, God, for thinking that we know better than you. Forgive us, God, for taking matters into our own hands, Lord, and making decisions apart from you. God, we need your mercy. We don't want the judgment that would come, God. We ask for your mercy, Lord. We, we throw ourselves on the court. We throw ourselves, Lord, on the altar. Have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, and we lift our hands in this sanctuary. And just as Moses said, here I am, Lord. Just as the prophet Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. We also lift up our voices and we make ourselves available to you. And we say, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me as an instrument. Use me as a mouthpiece, God. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go the places you want me to go. I'll be that man or woman that you have created me to be. Here I am, God. Use me, Lord, and anoint me. Come on and ask God to anoint you right now. You're going into the world. You're going into a battlefield. You're going into schools. You're going into workplaces. You're going into neighborhoods. You need the ability that comes only from God. You need God's ability smeared and rubbed on you. That's what the anointing is. Ask God to anoint you right now. Ask Him to anoint your hands, to anoint your words, to anoint your footsteps, to anoint your arms that they would be filled with love as you wrap them around someone who's hurting. God, anoint us. Anoint us, God, and give us your ability, Lord, your mind and your heart. Use us, Lord, in some fashion. Use us in some way. Even with all of our mistakes, all of our inconsistencies, all of our, our, our past and our failures, Lord, even though we stammer and stutter, we fall, you still want to use us. Use us, God. Let us make a difference in our world, which will make a difference 
in the world. in here to really turn some things around really powerful each one of us just touching one person I mean look at the math there and it's like a, a stone in the in a, in a lake a stone in a pond it starts a ripple effect doesn't it and one life changes another life changes another life changes another life changes another life powerful very powerful that's God's plan amen amen well on behalf of the staff and board let me just say God bless you may you have an awesome awesome 4th of July tomorrow and in thanking God for your freedom as a an American, remember to give him thanks for your freedom as a born-again believer. Amen. God bless everybody. Have an awesome, awesome day tomorrow. Enjoy your family. Hug on somebody's neck. And the Lord willing, we will see you on Wednesday.